commence primary ignition. This is Star Wars. Look out! From the bright center of the galaxy, I'm Ben Brotone, and this is Core World News, your Holonet news source for all the latest news from around the galaxy. This week on Core World News, we will cover the War of the Bounty Hunters in Boba's Bounty Board. But first, Starlight Beacon Bulletin with Adam and myself. Hello, Adam. Hello, hello, Ben. How's it going? <laughs> it's super. Um, we're hoping Grant can join us at some point, but it's yeah. doubtful. He's doing the Kessel Run right now, and it may be 12 parsecs, but it also may be 24. You never yeah, know. if he gets it in under 10, we might see him. <laughs> Indeed. Hopefully he can join us. Um, we have a boatload of comics to cover yeah, uh, this week. We've sort of been cashing them up. We have uh, four comics uh for um for the bounty the, hunters, bounty hunters. Yep. yeah um which are all right on top of each other so that'll be fun to do we'll do that in our next segment um we're gonna skip there's some dubious news stories this uh week we'll probably save it for later we also yeah. talked to you for about an hour straight about the mandalorian <laughs> last week so we don't need to rehash all our mando talk again this week um yeah. And uh, but we also got uh, two new comics from the two main runs of uh, comics and for the High Republic. So we're we're right here in the we're, we're traveling back in time um, 900 yeah. years before. What? Let me get this timing right. No, Four, uh, 200 years, 200. I think 200 years right. uh, for before Phantom Menace. Menace. That's where we and are. What's talking about, like time frame. Both these comics are now post um the attack on valo right so we are mm-hmm. now dealing with kind of they have jumped their yep. time frame in terms of about it seems like a year has passed in in galaxy between the events of i'm trying really? to think of the names of the books of I, I think so um of no i think between of, uh, out of the shadows of shadows and this one so basically the not the nihil's first attack and their second attack right main yeah. attacks we're talking about in the stories I think about a year has passed based on kind of all the things we're talking about months between. So I think about a, I think about a year, maybe about six months in the comics. And I'll talk a bit more about that when we talk about the higher public adventures, because yeah. those kids have grown up a little bit since we last. They saw have them. there a lot. Yes. Okay. So yeah. that makes more yeah. sense because the, yeah, Lula or yeah. Uh, no, not Lula. Um, well, Lula actually looks older too, but um, yeah, they all do. Cause they're all like pink little, tentacle all, all girl, kids, but yeah, I think um, was it uh, is it Zine? Zine. Um, yeah, Zine, and Zine. then also like uh, Cricks. Cricks. Yeah. Was, I mean, like while we're talking about, do you want to do you want to start with? We can start with the the High Republic Adventures. The IDW. Why don't we do series. that? Why don't we? Yeah. yeah this is Daniel Jose Alder's baby, um, mm-hmm. and it is brilliant and fun and loaded with buckets of blood. Um, I feel like we haven't done a High Republic Adventures in a while. It's and, been a uh, while. We it's too. We included them in our kind of High Republic roundup that we did a few weeks ago, but we were so right. focused on the main books that, hey, to be fair, the, the comics got a little bit of short shrift there and more yeah. of how they connected. But yeah. so it's nice to talk about them on their own. And the and a couple of the big things is we are the gangs back together. They were all separated yeah. through all those novels. And they've brought along friends that they encountered in those books. Along the way. It's the friends yeah. we make along the way. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, uh, 
Yeah, like uh, oh, who's the, the oh Ram uh, Jamara? I think was Jamara was uh, in the, the Daniel Jose Alder book, The Race to Crash Point Tower. He was oh, the protagonist right, of that. Right, that's where yeah. I'm at. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. So he's there now, and, the, and um, he is a oh no, he's not the cook. It's that's the other guy, but uh, he's quite a talented. Um, young jedi as well what, what's his special power again so he's he's a mechanic by nature and his jedi right. power that we see oh, yes. in Race of Crash Planet is like he sees the force work through like mechanisms like he can see how right. mechanisms work basically he's like a force engineer yeah and yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he thinks of it as systems and he's he's you know you know the Tao of um of motorcycle mechanics yeah. jedi um, uh, if Grant were here, I would compare him to Forge of the X-Men, but since he's not, I will move along. Oh, okay. That's cool. Way to be, you know, elitist. That's fine. Um, uh, yeah, that's cool. He's fantastic. And then we have this, the other team was over there bartering um, with, um, wow, I'm really great on names today, um, with the with the Huts, and I'm trying to think of that. Right particular uh jedi and uh, it's escaping me <laughs> and, and you too oh, anyways in, is it is it uh Far, farzala or farzala or, yes um yeah farzala i don't know why that one um escaped my mind but um yeah so he he brought him on and this is like uh you know one of the huts right hand men and yep. uh it's pretty fantastic and cook <laughs> And cook. They really are mostly interested in his chef abilities. So I do enjoy the running gag of um, is it Lula is uh, a really bad cook. Um, yes, she burned water. Burned water. Yeah, and there's a long running gag of how do you burn water throughout the entire issue, which is a lot of fun. <laughs> they're like, yeah, there's a, a really fun Q and A where they're just sort of like. Do you have any questions? And and all the like Padawans ask the questions that all the readers want to ask. Like, I, where's Yoda, please? Yeah, where's Yoda? Did did uh, Grace Storm actually turn to dust? Turn to like, dust? All, Is he like all dead? Things, or? Like yeah. all these horrible things, and then you just hear one little person going, "Can can you burn water?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good bit. It's a good it bit. Is. I love Older's voice and all this stuff. Um, okay, so it's Ishnar T. Karat Hall. Sorry, I didn't have that uh, waiting for you in my memory yeah. banks. But um, I, I don't know why. It's a very easy name to remember. Yes. Um, who's a legendary warrior and a chef. Um, what does he look like? What's his species? Oh, he is probably a... Um, it looks familiar. He's like um, the guy from uh, Resistance. Um, what are they called? Oh, the other mechanic? Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to yeah. think of that character's name too. But that is the species and the comic sure. relief in Resistance. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I can't think of, it, but that's the species. Um, and he seems like suddenly he's a softy. He was like all knives out in uh, the last time we saw him. And, right. Um, what was the last? What was the last comic we saw them in? I mean, what was the one where they bartered with the huts? Was that the last? That's what I was trying to figure out. Was it was it in the high? I couldn't remember if it was the High Republic Adventures or the High Republic. I think it was High Republic. Yeah, yeah. because that was mostly that that series is the one mostly dealing with the huts, right? And so that's right. I'm thinking they may have jumped over. I mean, I, I got to be honest. This is one of the things I love about 
the higher public that there's so much crossover, but it's also nearly impossible to keep a track of where these characters are ping-ponging back and forth from. Right? Yeah, which they is, just, I mean, which is perfect, right? Because yeah. they're sort of weaving through all these different media. And, um, you know, if you pick a favorite, you're like, oh, there's Lula or there's Keeve or, um, you know, they, they always pop through in there. Yeah, and Barzala and, um, and yeah. the squad, so. So Ishnar is an Iktu, is a Niktu. Niktu, Niktu, thank you. Yeah, and he has only been in the higher public adventures so it looks like they did deal with that in the higher public adventures that was the last because that that makes sense that that's where they would be that was a really good episode man and yeah yeah yeah. joe maram yeah and ram joe maram was the one from race of crash point tower so the the team's building which is cool but again making it more difficult to keep track of all these excellent characters that have all very distinct um, abilities and especially because I feel like when you get the book releases because when they, when they start like a new part of the phase you have like those four books that come out within a week of each other and all these characters suddenly appear in them and I'm like wait are they from this are they from that and then when they yeah. come back to the comics it's like oh that's right that's where they're from like yeah. I, I usually have Wikipedia open while I'm reading the books to click around a- absolutely yeah I have to have it next to me if not for like creature identification then for- yeah yeah, for the people. And I still use that infographic from um, the beginning. Oh, right. Yeah. Because that, yeah, yeah. that's a good way to keep it sorted. It's sort of like, oh, okay, this is, this is their home base, and now they're crossing over. But at least it's like gives a reference point to know where everyone's from. Um, so this is, yeah, so this is High Republic Adventures number eight. I don't know if yep. you said, but. Um, yeah, I don't think we did. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and then, so it's, yeah, eight, it's hard to believe there's been eight. I feel like it was like four, you know, but these have just been flying out. And, um, it's true. Um, and then parallel story is we have we have Cricks, uh, as we know, um, kind of with the Nihil. And what I'm interested in is we see him talking to Martian Rowe. Is this yeah. the first time we've seen Martian Rowe illustrated without his helmet? I think so, man. Right. I mean, he's I, been he might have been in like a frame or something, but like, yeah, it was very, you know, it was very like muted or obscured, but here we get like his full face. So he's like, yeah. I don't. It's tough to. He looks kind of like, like a Game of Thrones. He like, looks like an elf. White he looks like an elf or a White Walker. Yeah, yeah. Or like he looks like a dark elf from Thor: The Dark World. Yes, yes. That's kind of what he looks like, and he has he has like face ridges. Yep. Um, that are almost umbaran, but it's not. It's not that. Um, he's definitely something different. I mean, and we, we did say, or the, um, it was mentioned in Justina Ireland's book, um, out of the shadows that they don't know what, what species he is. Yeah, they, they exactly. And they, and they definitely did describe him in whatever the last main, whatever the Kevin Scott book, I think. Um, and so I, it, it's funny because. If the cat's out of the bag, if you're following along, you know, uh, with the books, right. but the, it's so funny that they just nonchalantly, like you just turn the page and there's Martian. Like I'm used to in comics when you have a character. Yeah. Dehelmeted for the first time to have like a heroes or a villains turn where it's just kind of like shadow, 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 full panels thing. Yeah. So like yes. I, I had like I had to stop for a second. And be like, oh, wow, we're just doing this without anything. Because, again, if you're like us and you're reading along, there isn't a big surprise. But I, I don't know. I was I was surprised to just see him just out in the open. Just yeah. Whatever. 
and I, it's cool. I mean, this, this run is amazing. And, um, we're, you know, we're covering it here for a reason because it's very important. And I was just like, yeah, when I was reading this, I was like, they're really just get like, you know, because Martian Rowe almost, almost like revealed his final plan. Like he's talking about the last phases of what he's trying to do yeah, and really giving away a lot of, you know, what his goals are. And I mean, it's essentially, it's, it's total destabilization and, and vanquishing all of his perceived foes, which are the Jedi and the Senate. So uh, thinking big that Martian Rowe. Which again, this will be a good discussion to have at some point, especially when Grant's back to be kind of like, to what end? Right. Like this is still why I think there's there's a Sith pulling strings somewhere in here. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I don't know what his end game is because he doesn't seem like he wants to rule the world or the galaxy. It feels like he's more like just trying to do this to be a better pirate, to make it easier to be a pirate. I I just don't know. There's like this sort of I mean, there's definitely some Joker sensibilities, right? Like he wants to watch the galaxy burn. Yeah. But. Um, you know, he's, he's nihilist. Uh, he believes in nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it seems like he, there must be something else going on and they sort of allude to another power, but like very subtly and very nuanced, which is fun. Yeah. It um, is. And I mean, we have to keep reminding ourselves, this is a long game with these comics because we're only two thirds of the way through the first, first phase of three phases. <laughs> Right. So we got a ways to go before they're going to reveal anything. Yeah. Yeah. But they're but still so much happens. And, you know, it does. I mean, and they've already Drangier. sort of like pseudo defeated the Drengier, which is huge um, for the time being. Um, yeah. And uh, the Nahil, you know, they're making it look like the Nahil are on their Nahils. <laughs> yep. Well done. Uh, and um, <laughs> they yeah. And they're scattered. I love the misinformation thing where they're like, yeah they really think Lorna D is the eye of the Nile and they don't even know yet, but they're, Which, they're getting closer. They just released a new audiobook That's uh, the it's, it's Tempest runner audiobook came out this week. That's just about Lorna D and I think it's by Kevin Scott. So I have to pick that up. Yeah. We'll have to pick that up and cover that in a week or so. Yeah. Similar to the, um, what was it? Dooku lost. Yeah, which is one of my favorite stories. Yeah, so definitely worth picking up and listening to. Just gotta. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll cover that yeah. here because there's got to be interesting stuff. Lorna D is a heck of a fighter. Yeah, um, she's super really, interesting character. Right, she put up quite a fight um, in Out of Shadows, um, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and and she definitely has her own designs. I mean, part of it is just like, is she leading the hill? Like, is Marcian Rowe playing possum? to let her believe she's leading the hill or something like, because right. she definitely has designs to do that or. Yeah, she for sure. Him? And then coming back to this comic is really interesting that Crix is like on the, in the inner circle of Martian row. And I don't know what the designs are there other than like a story sort of MacGuffin thing to sort of right. keep this back and forth going. But it's interesting that he keeps Crix right by his side. It's probably his tie to Zine and her tie. To right. Jedi, That's my guess. It's, it's he's like it. This gets me two moves removed from the Jedi. Right. Um, so amazing plot point in this mm-hmm. um, this book. They they want he's he's now pointed Crix. Marjano has pointed Crix towards Takadana. Yeah. Um, of all places, because it's. Apparently, Maz's castle is a waypoint on the mid rim, on the edge of the mid rim, which is sort of a jump off point for 
all sorts of ne'er-do-wells and hustlers and um, smugglers and pirates and um, bounty hunters and, and things we knew. But it's yeah, all very fun stuff that we just got a, a little taste of in the sequel trilogy, um, and I'm excited to learn more about. But we learned a really cool point. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a female Jedi there by the name of Sav Mulligan. Yep. Um, who's protecting this, who's who's assigned to this outpost, and she is a bad girl. Um, yeah, and like and but protecting it at a at a Jedi temple that's literally just across the pond. Across the lake, yeah. From from Maz's castle, where I'm like, it makes me I know it's not there, but it makes me want to go back to the Force Awakens. Right, and look and see if like the ruins are there or there's yeah. some sort of like temple. It's like there's two structures on this lake, and it's Maz's castle on the other side is a massive, beautiful Jedi temple where yeah. um Sav is hanging out. This couldn't be like Savvy's workshop. Is this a, a synergy there with um with oh, Batu? Uh, Batu and, and uh Galaxy's Edge. Right, because Savvy's workshop is where you make lightsabers. Right. So could yeah. this character have existed for a couple hundred years? And I mean, they did. <laughs> they did. I just I typed in Savvy's workshop and the first thing that pops up, is it worth it? Uh, anyway, um, it's interesting, right? Like, I, I feel like we do know there are Jedi that are long lived, right? We see Jedi yeah. here in this in this that we know show up in the sequel or the prequel and sequel trilogy. Yeah. And um, so Sav looks a lot like Raiden if you play uh, Mortal Kombat, Mulligan, and uh, like the big hat and very covered, like except like she's her face is um, covered with like wraps and whatnot, um, you know, mask up um, and and but then has a sort of like staff that comes apart and she's a wielding purple lightsaber bearer and i love the again outstanding lightsaber design lightsaber design costume design character design like it hits all three like i this is an instantaneous favorite like i i know nothing about this character and i'm already super excited uh update savvy is a different person it's a human male who owns it okay and uh so so similar name different character okay Um, but apparently is an associate of lore santeca savvy's workshop savvy yeah, I got to okay. get to Galaxy's Edge when it's safe to do so. Right, exactly. Um, fair so enough. 2023. So, Sorry. Right. Continue. So Crix is headed there. He gets he's the forward assault. We learned that like the Nihil send a small forward assault to sort of soften up the target and then bring the full scale barrage, which I don't know if I agree with that tactical thing, but that's the way it is. Um, right. And then uh, so we, we see the soft attack with Crix and he gets his butt kicked by Sav. Um, she just jumps from fighter to fighter, cutting their wings off with her dual wielding lightsaber. Yeah, she does. Pretty amazing. <laughs> um, and so he's sent back with his tail between his legs, rallies the troops to bring the full assault. And then yeah. we know that our heroes are now also gathering to help uh, defend that location. We still yeah. have not seen Maz yet. I know. I was surprised by that, and especially when I was watching. It's like, this is it? Is this just it? And then when they're all, everyone's going to converge on yeah. Takadana. So I'm sure we'll see her. At that point, and maybe bringing in her, you know, she's the pirate queen, you know, maybe bringing in some pirates to, to help the battle. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great if we saw her lead because we know she's a fighter as well. So um, it would make sense that she would uh, she would fight against I the know. Armada. So maybe next up, next issue. Isn't it 
logical that that's uh, really condescending but doesn't it make sense at some point that maz has to get into the battle in some way because yeah nihil are described as pirates but they're not really right they're, they're, i think if lorna d was running them they would be pretty straight pirates but yeah they're not acting quite like that right they're 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 zealots in in, in, a, in, a, in a big way like yeah like i don't they're see cultists. The, they're cultists exactly that's perfect they're cultists they're not like i don't see pirates self-sacrificing themselves for a greater good they believe in they just right. want yeah. credits they're just credit driven yeah and so it's just i just feel like you 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 have pirates in the galaxy that we've known for quite a while that like when are they going to get brought into this and we know now from these comics for certain that maz is operating and and a, probably a big force in the galaxy so yeah something's going to bring her in where she's going to become playing a role in this in this time era i think in a in a big way absolutely um well should we turn to yeah. the public main run here because that's that's pretty much what went down in that First we thing. should you did kind of bring up the one note i had about this comic already which was the um the the deception that they're falling yes. for um and, and not i really really enjoy this issue um I, I again i feel like it's gonna sound somewhat egotistical but I, i'm guessing you were probably on the same page that i was so you know we start this comic the high republic uh number nine number nine number uh nine. By Scott. Yep. Starting a new storyline, starting right after the attack on Valo, it seems like. So right after the last kind of big novel. Um, yeah, this one's called see... Shadow of the Nihil, Chapter One, Jedi No More. Yeah. And we see that Orla, uh, was it? Jirani uh, being attacked by a Nihil ship. Yep. And then third page in, we find out who's piloting this Nihil ship. But uh, uh, Keenan, no, Keith Trennis, Keen Trevis, and Keith one Keith of the uh, <laughs> yes, Keith Trennis, and one of the the clone Jedi, or, yeah, uh, not Trek clones. or uh, one of the Trek. the twins, twins, uh, Tarek, Tarek, aka Tear in this one, right? So, pretty good. I mean, the hill name. Did you ever think that they had become Nihil? Yeah, right. Okay, immediately, which is not, again, I don't think they're trying to really fool you, but it's one of those stories where I'm like, okay, cool, so they're undercover. How did they get undercover? Right. And then they tell you that And then they tell you how they got undercover. In a very brilliantly and, juxtaposed way. Right, and so that's what I want to make clear. It's like, this is such a well-written comic, and it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do. It's not trying to trick you. It's telling you. It's, it's one of those things that, like, sometimes I hate it when I see it in shows where it starts out with, like, this is a crazy situation. How did I get here? Right, well, let's flash right. back 24 hours. Like sometimes yeah. I think it works better in something like this yeah. than in some of the ways. But, it, you know, so that's why I don't have a lot of notes. But it, it, it's it's a really gripping issue. Like, I found myself really flipping through the pages really quickly on this one, having to go back and reread it because it was really engrossing. Yeah. But well, I have a ton of notes. Yeah. Yeah. This that, That's what interesting. So so we see Kiev is now gone undercover, right? She's yeah. frustrated with how little they know. Um, she's frustrated with how little offensive agility they have. And so she's going for it. And, yeah. uh, Keeve's great. She's such a good character. Yeah. Um, she's Skier's former Padawan, um, fresh Jedi Knight. Um, and, and she's great. She's just sheer will. 
Um, and it, it's pretty fun. I did actually just realize, though, that so that first, it's essentially a cold open with her yeah. gunning down Orla Jereni. But um, we don't really, when it catches up in the story, we don't see that time. So no. that might be later on. Like, there, there actually might be a time where she may or may not kill Orla Jereni, which would, of course, break my heart because she's my fave. But uh, yeah, maybe that's true. Right. I think we I think we don't. You're right. We don't catch you up see her um, quote unquote destroy skier. Um, right. And then that that magic trick is. Well, revealed. no, wait, sorry. So I think we do see it because I'm, I'm flipping through. So we flash back and. Yeah, because what happens is uh, or literally is is still there. And then the. Oh, OK. That That's uh, the ataraxia. Right. Jumps in and then the Nihil jump in. Okay. And then so, the Nihil see her quote unquote kill skier and then whisk her away. Right. Right. And so they're kind of going back and forth in time periods. So we do see that all there. But I think what's the other thing that's really interesting is that we starting to see some major divisions amongst the Jedi. Right. Cause it's not only like it's it's not only her. But Skier's in on this, which you're like, you can understand that Skier's in on this because that's her old master and she probably learned this somewhere. But Avar Chris yeah. is also in on this. And it's like them against Stell and Geos. So I think what we're starting to get is, and I, again, I wish Grant was here today. I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of, of division between the Jedi on the frontier yeah. and the Jedi in the core. Yeah, that's really, it's like you don't understand what it's like out here on the frontier and you know, Geos has plenty of faults too, but it sure it is. And so it's sort of like Geos is like gone full Senate at this point. Like he's this high and mighty and he's caught up in the politics of the, the core. Avar is on the front lines of the frontier, just fighting every day, doing her best to sort of, you know, hold it together out there. And then you've got Elzar man, you know, if we're really thinking this in, in trios, which yep. they are trio, totally. um, Elzar man is off the rails. He's just, yeah, like, he's, you know, he's fighting the dark side and trying to like within like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Side. He's just, so. he's on his own vision quest, like drug fueled, whatever. Like he's just <laughs> losing it somewhere. Yeah. Right. Right. His death stick fueled rocket ride towards gosh knows where, uh, force knows where, I guess I should say. Um, so, yeah, but this is it. So, yeah, Chris is in. I mean, I didn't think I could like Avar Chris any more than I already do. But, um, you know, she's doing what she's got to do. She's very much that, like, Texas Ranger that, like, you know, she's the the sheriff that was someone just pinned a medal on her chest and she's doing her best, you know, like Timothy Oliphant style and Deadwood or whatever. So I'm really liking this as, as a person who studies the criminal justice system and the history of it. I, I love that you threw out the Texas Rangers or just, the, you know, yeah. uh, because there's a part of me, it feels like, yeah, that's perfect. And then Stellan Geos is part of the FBI. Yes. Right. Like very straight yeah. lace that like, like it's just a very straight lace. This is how we do it. We wait for them to come for us. And then it's just the, the Rangers are very much out there kind of doing their own thing and just trying to, yeah, I yeah, like that analogy a lot. Yeah, I mean, and, and through overarching all of these stories, we're getting a lot of stress put on the the like ideology and dogma of the of the Jedi, yeah. and it's sort of like when are they going to kill to save lives? You know, at like what point is that going to happen? Is it not going to happen? Like, how are they going to save any lives if they keep if they save you know 
every person in every hill, they're going to just start, you know, they're going to keep their reign of terror, you know, the campaign of terror going. Yeah. Um, it was interesting. There was an interesting line that just, I was like trying to like pick my words carefully, but early in this, uh, comic, they, uh, Keeve talks about what they're doing in the frontier. The, the quote is for now, the forces led her to throw in her lot with starlight with Avar Chris, part of the crusade against an Hill. Yeah. No, not crusade. Get the terminology right. Keeve part of the response. Yeah, and that's a big term because I just crusade. If we want to get like all technical, yeah, you know, we can talk about it specifically in terms of like the the medieval and whatever. But the yeah. general terminology is a vigorous campaign for political, social, or religious change. Yeah, that's big, right? Like right, trying to and stomp like, out an yeah. alternate religion, basically. And that's we, how Christians exactly, use it. Exactly, and they don't want to be that. But is that what they're doing? Yeah, like trying to quell an alternate view of of society of what well, it's it's interesting. I mean, I, I mean if they are, they support it because these are people who are you know using pretty serious methods. It's you know the, right. I mean, think about the Great Disaster, right? Like they're right. I mean, I, again, and it's 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 really hard to talk about this given the history of or just what's happened over the last few weeks and as well as the you know what the the, the yeah. anniversary coming up in in just over a week but like there are a lot of parallels to terror and the war on terror that america's been going through for the last 20 years with this stuff yeah it's interesting of all the notes they picked up that you know star wars always calls on i mean frankly it's usually american history but yeah uh, there, there are international sort of polls but of all the things they sort of this is a very 9-11 centric yeah. thing, which is it's kind of interesting because you look as sort of 9-11 was the beginning of a lot of this spiraling that's that's happened to us and the power of terrorism and like what it does. Yeah. I mean, I, I do don't the, the thing with terrorism, though, is it's just it's designed to create chaos. Right. And I mean, you could. Well, I'm not going to get into global politics because no one here wants to hear about that. But it's it's not like the Nihil have a political point of view. Like they they're not going to destroy the Senate and the Jedi and then um, instill you know, their own right. government or whatever. And then have their own government. Like they're not. No, gonna, but I think it'll just make everyone easier to plunder is pretty. I love how you're like I'm trying to I'm trying to like move us away, but not move us away. But I'm like I, part of me now as I'm thinking about this is like I we're comparing it to 9/11. Is this more like Oklahoma City? Because this is homegrown terrorism. Because yeah. if we look at it, the Nihil are part of the galaxy. If we're using this analogy of the galaxy as our world, like, like, yeah. it, it, it just trying to, they don't necessarily want their own government. They just want to destroy the government. Right. Yeah. Right? They're anarchists. They're nihilists. Right. They're nihilists. You know? yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. I guess I had sort of thought of it as sort of like first world third world sort of you know more i'm looking at it yeah but the thing is yeah yeah i mean in this sort of simplistic star wars world they're not like it's not that they're trying to subjugate the like weak and like exploit them for resources you know like the way first world third world dynamics work it's like you know they're they're actually trying to help everyone and 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 bring everyone up in the galaxy and make it a you know a become a resource globally yeah, and what's what's really interesting is that it, what works with Star Wars is it's, it's very rarely a one-to-one analogy. 
Right. Right. And I think Thank that's God. why, like, we're debating whether this is international terrorism, homegrown terrorism. What is it? And that's because they're not trying to say this is exactly this. I mean, the the only time that star not only time, but occasionally when stars will get very on the nose, it will lead to a line that exhibits laughter in a theater. And I can think right. of it from I, episode yeah. three. You're either <laughs> with us or you're against us. Yeah. Or only... You're either with us or you're our enemy. Like, it's even clunkier, yeah. like, in the way, but it's just like, so I like when they do this, like, having this debate. Is this, are they trying to do this? Are they trying to do that? But they're, they're clearly trying to paint some type of parallel. Yeah, indeed. But it, it's kind of funny because we're in such early stages of this arc Right. We don't really know where they're going with all this. Um, I mean, and it could very well tie into sort of current day, like domestic terrorists and that sort of, you know, thing. That's but. depressing and interesting because it's now like, is this what this series has in front of us? Like, are we to connect it to us? Are we in like 1996 or 2001? And the yeah. next three phases are watching what happens over the next 20 years. Right. Which, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is going to be a very yeah. morose podcast in like two years when we start getting to phase three, if that's what's yeah. going on. I hope, <laughs> just, I, I think they'll, but we might I, have you to know, start again, drinking. Yeah, yeah, start. <laughs> I, I, the other thing is, I feel like Star Wars is good at mixing things and analogies together. So I, I don't think this is going to, they're going to move, they're going to try to tie in other real world things as well. So it's not going to be this just dour. I don't yeah. think and, and I know that like the, the Jedi are doing pretty well for themselves, but I want to see yeah. those W's and, and keep these terrorists on their heels. And I want to see good be victorious. I'm I'm here for the mythology. I'm here for the stories of like how good defeats evil. And I understand it's going to be a long, you know, painful trip because that's what makes good storytelling. I mean, you need antagonists and a really strong antagonists to make it storytelling. Um, but yeah. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward, you know, to a good arc where it's like it seems like they can't win and then they they snatch victory from the jaws of defeat sort of thing. Um, that's my personal wish, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. And I, 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 I think the same. I, I think that's true. And I think, you know, if if we're looking, I mean, I think really what they're doing is similar to trilogies within trilogies. Right. We're going to have three phases within within three eras of this yeah or three whatever and so we're yeah. in the second part of the first phase so this should be this is our empire right or i no, guess this our is attack the, of the second clones. this is the second act of yeah yeah like yeah of our first this is our attack of the clones let's attack yeah. the clones. so it's dark right we're at the dark part of this and yeah. so hopefully we'll get a win in right. the next part and then well you know, actually, things will go bad if we're doing that analogy in revenge of the uh, sith Oh, that's it's right. It's going to be. It's, it's going to get darker. Home. I think it. I hope it won't. I think hopefully they'll, they'll follow traditional trilogy structure. That'd be interesting though if in phase or the third part of the first phase we get uh, fallen Jedi because that could definitely happen. There's a. I get. You mean we we've talked about it before, but I, we have. I have five candidates that could be fallen Jedi. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, some bad stuff here for sure. You're, you know. Um, Skier, Elzar, Keeve, uh, Imri. Um, just off the top of my head, you know, yeah, might, he's already sort of fell and came back. Um, yeah, who is the uh, Comac? Uh, 
could be one. All people have flirted with sort of dark side ideals. And um, yeah, you know, that they could do it. And so, yeah, so I guess that's actually five right there. But uh, yeah, they could easily fall the dark side. So we'll see if any of that happens. Sure. Uh, yes. All right. So I guess we haven't really gone that, that far in this, but essentially that's the roots, right? Well, Keeve has, has gone yeah. undercover and she's trying to now, you know, she's being a spy. This is our 007 story. She's trying to, she has to earn her way into the Nihil and she's already come face to face with Panada's uh, successor. Um, and I know you have his name right there. It is the guy that's the, the body in the, suits, the mech the, suit. Zitar. Yeah. Zitar. Yeah. Good pull. Good pull. I, I love, this is my favorite thing about comics. Like I, when I read a book, I, I don't have a very good visual imagination. So, so when descriptions are read to me, or when I read a description, I have like a, probably like a four year old sketch version of what's going yeah. on. And this is why I love comics because to actually see this thing, the mech suit is way different than I thought. Amazing. I, yeah. I imagine sort of like an alien thing where like, yeah, you know, like where it, it was like built around him, but this is like, it's like Krang. It's got like a bubble <laughs> fluid dome and like machine cool. gun on the shoulder. It really and like, it's amazing. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, then, and then, yeah. Then she has to prove herself. And we get right. to this this question that you've kind of asked earlier of like, when are the Jedi going to, or are they going to have to kill to win? And 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 you mean more in like, should Batman kill the Joker type of way? But now we're kind of in a, we're in a, we're in a undercover cop trope yes. movie thing of like, yeah. to prove this, will she have to kill someone to prove that uh, she's a nihil uh, right. a a in this one it's a hut hair like what's that with hair yeah my because it's a female hut uh my gara oh, that's right i forgot the females have hair i forgot about uh i forgot about that yeah i don't remember my gara getting captured it looks like she lost oh, her eye too she's in tough shape she is i i don't remember that either i don't know so Mygara was fighting alongside Avar Chris in the battle yeah. of Grangier. This was the controversial alliance that had happened. But um, I thought they sort of quickly parted ways after that victory, and that was it. They but did, Mygara... but then there's a time jump, right? So we've had a bit of right. a time jump okay. of at least... I mean, actually, I don't know if we've had much of a time jump. Maybe a little bit of a time jump here. Because that the fighting with the with the with the Trenjir was the same time as the Valo. Yeah, they sort of they sort of um, they they tied up the Drengir right before the the battle on Valo. Yeah, uh, or the attack on Valo. So yeah. um, now we're we've both had those in hindsight. They've been pursuing the Nihil across the galaxy, and now this has happened. So apparently she's been claimed and um, key to prove her. Alliance to the Nihil needs to uh, be a hut slayer. Yeah, there you go. I, I wonder, I'm guessing in the next issue, we might get a bit of the backstory of how that capture happened. I wonder if, if my gar is a plant as well. Oh, could be. Yeah, those huts. Avar Chris is slippery and slimy. Yeah. Right. But, right, right, right. My Gara looks like she's missing an eye. She's got a, a she's she's wearing a mask as well. Um, very Muzzle good. Or mask. Yeah. Um, but I don't think she was wearing a mask in that battle. I don't with think so. no. and she, 
her um you know her bun is gone it's just some stringy disgusting hair on the hair. yeah um so we'll see how that goes in the next episode yeah in issue nine can't wait We're all right right on issue 10 oh yeah issue 10 this is issue nine so issue 10 it's weird because the higher public marvel run is one issue ahead of the higher public adventures yes. run so it's confusing <laughs> yeah. Just to keep us on our toes. Yeah. Which we almost are on. Uh, oh. Is... Well, speaking of time jumps, uh, why don't we jump 200 odd years into the future and uh, cover what's going on in the War of the Bounty Hunters? Do it. Bounty Hunters. We don't need that scum. Welcome to Boba's Bounty Board, a subsidiary of Kyber Crystal Comics Corner. It's good enough. It's good as it's going to get. Uh, we haven't done this for a while. That's why I'm fumbling everything. Uh, and we're going to talk about uh, Dr. Aphra 13, Darth Vader 15, Star Wars 16, War of the Bounty Hunters number three. And we'll talk about them separately, but they really, because of this crossover event, and this might be the most crossovery of of all of them. Like, they all yeah. center around... One big thing which we'll come back around to when we talk about War of the Bounty Hunters number three, which is Kira. I'm just going to spoil it right from the Let's jump. Let's do Let's start it. Yeah. Kira and Vader's battle. Right. And it's just like yeah. incremental progress through the storyline. Yeah. You know, so it's sort of month by month, this um, this story moves forward. And it's sort of like each month, the four main runs have a chance to sort of do a thing. And then they throw a yeah. sort of little window dressing on there with another uh fun story of, yeah. of a different character right so i mean we're covering four episodes here this is like august like this yeah. is most of august we're gonna do right now that yeah. that they did and in the meat of it and all that happens is it, it's like at the end of last month vader showed up at the party and now vader has done something it's yeah like, exactly. Exactly, yeah. exactly attacked and if you've ever read a crossover comic event uh, this is how they go. Like they, they all have to right. follow along with the main run in this case, the war of the bounty hunters. But I think they've done a pretty good job of, of giving them their own things to do some more than others, as we'll talk about. But yeah. I'm just saying that because some of these issues, I think we might cover in a little more detail than some of the other ones. Right. Um, but, so much overlap. Yeah. And we were discussing a bit off air, you know, there's the, the order they give you way back when, but that order those orders are never accurate because that's right. often the order they put in before they've actually gotten the finished copies of the, of the comics. So, so Ben kind of looked through and came up with a, a different order. So we're going to start with Dr. Afro 13 um, and I'll kind of let, I'll, I'll go over them, but Ben, I'll let you kind of guide us to the next one. Cause I agree with your ordering, but I don't remember them exactly. So okay, we'll cool. start yeah, just, with, yeah, review yeah. them. I think this is I think this is actually how time progresses the best way we can. Yeah. I, manage when you, within the comics, when you read them off to me, it makes, perfect sense um but i want to talk about the the kira i just wanted to mention the kira vader because that seems to be the kind of the linchpin of all of these stories yes and we'll keep coming up in my summaries but here we go so dr afro 13 war the bounty hunters guest of honor by wong young olzaba rosenberg karamanga pacelli and woodward woodard here's my short summary uh, Afra and Staros use the distraction that is kira and vader's epic battle to try to steal some crimson dawn loot it does not go well. <laughs> Hilarity ensues. You know, I think we talked about Afra. Maybe it was off air, but as far as like what you know, I sort of miss her 
you know, her dungeon raiding ways. Swashbuckling. Swashbuckling. Yeah. yeah, But yeah, I mean, I really like her being an archaeologist. Like, yeah. um, You know, diving into tombs and looking at relics and doing things like that. And this, I feel like got back to that in a, in a pretty good way, actually, you know, she's being a petty jewelry thief, but in the line to get information, I guess like her mission right now, she's at this party, right? So we have this, we're we're at the grand ball, the grand auction on board of, you know, Crimson Dawn flagship, um, trying to get Han Solo, right? Han Solo is the prize and, and all the, all the crime, you know, every power player in the galaxy at this point is there. Yeah. Um, and of all the and the big thing is of all the main run comics, this is the only one where the characters are not interested in getting Han Solo. Right. I think like because what it so they are in service of Domina Tag right now. Yep. And um Afro essentially needs to make uh Domina happy because she blew up Domina's nephew or something. Right? Exactly. Yep. So but what is Domina's uh, I was afraid needs. you were gonna ask the question. Right, because I, I think it's information. I think she's trying. Is. She needs Afro to sort of like see what's going on here, look for an angle. But I don't think like Domina doesn't care about Han Solo at all. No, um, so I think, as you Afro said, doesn't. I think she's an information broker more than anything. It feels right. like, and so that's how she survives. And so I think she really just wants to get the data necklace, which is was a pretty cool invention. Yeah, uh, all the data crystals. From the Fallon, Fallon, I can't remember how to pronounce their names, but the Fallon who is running, um, who is there representing um, the Black, Black Sun. Sun. Yeah. Right. And so there's going to be another common thread that I just put together today because I'm a little mm. slow and it took two read throughs to get it. But each one of these comics, they reveal that main characters that each of our, you know, various protagonists from these four main runs are all secretly working for the Crimson Dawn. They have spies everywhere. And this Feline that she stole yep. the, the necklace from is a spy for the Crimson Dawn. Yeah. Which is yeah. weird to have a spy for Crimson Dawn at a Crimson Dawn event, but there she is. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess, you know, this, that's a really good observation. And I did not put that together until you mentioned it. Cause I did not reread these today, but you're absolutely, the second you said, I'm like, it was in my mind. I was checking them off, and I'm like, "Yeah, you're absolutely right." Yeah, and, and we'll, we'll go through them as we go through the episode. And Charles Sewell re- revealed, so it's not really a spoiler, but the War of the Bounty Hunters is part one of of Kira's trilogy, right? So there are two more comic series coming out. Maybe probably not as grand of an event as War of the Bounty Hunters, but that's a bit of a spoiler because that means we know that Kira's does not die and yeah. she does not she continues past this but that's just something about crimson dawn right like they're yeah. they're painting them to be big big players right so there, there's two stories that are actually going on in this comic and there is like a meta wink and nod to that there's yeah. so we have sonastaros and and uh afra you know essentially they're trying to be jewelry thieves and then they decide to that the the battle between vader and kira is the perfect distraction for them to go explore crimson dawn and see what's they're actually up to um because they they realized that by looking at the data crystals that the feline is um is a spy so they're like well what the heck's going on here so she wants to learn more um but on the other side we still have um just lucky and ariel yep, yep. um 
and they're pursuing Gallen, who is the grandfather of the this was the other MacGuffin, right? The child right. that could bring together the unbroken clan and the whispering meow meows. Uh, and this is the MacGuffin from the Bounty Hunters comic, right? Oh Wasn't gosh, that... yes, it's from the Bounty Hunters comic, right? It's not even yeah. from Afro. Right. Okay. So somehow they've landed in Afro. Yeah. Um, just lucky and Ariel. And yeah. so they're they were trained by this guy Gallen and and so they're doing all this, but Gallen's like Gallen has also been revealed as <laughs> yep. a traitor, a you know, spy for the Crimson I, Dawn. And as his changed yeah. affiliations to Crimson Dawn, he's like <clears throat> He's like, I have a feeling you'll be hearing more from Crimson Dawn soon. And it's like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, I weirdly, I've been, I, I think for like, I don't know, the first 10 issues of the series were like, what's going on with Just Lucky? Because they kept kind of like yeah. cutting back to him yeah. and telling a story for like a couple of panels. And it's slowly become to me the most interesting part of the Afro series. <laughs> right. Where yeah. I'm like, I'm just super interested with him and his like backstory being trained, you know, his brother is just being kept on um can of bite. Can of yeah. bite with like, his like just, debilitating gambling problem gambling that's like constant. Yeah. <laughs> and then um yeah, and and under the boot heel of the leader of the is it the unbroken clan? I think so. It's so hard to keep or the other right. one that I'm totally forgetting. Um, but it has that really cool female alien uh, looking. The spidery one? Or yes. The... Yes, the spidery and one. And Vicora or Vaku. I can't remember her name. But no, yeah, that's. Not, not Vicora, um, the other one. Okay. Actually, I think no. Vicora is the other. Um... Well, I thought Vicora is working for the Unbroken Clan, but she's not the leader. It's the spider woman is the leader. But I don't know. Okay. Uh... I can't keep it straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, we also get a death stick appearance. Of course, yes, and a death stick. Who I think we were kind of debating is is this someone, but I, this is the first time, and this is a very inside baseball comic-y, but I don't know if you noticed her word bubbles were oh, not yes. circles. So that usually indicates in comics that they speak weirdly, right? Like there's something going on with their voice. Oh, that'd that's be cool. either so if you ever see that in a comic where the word bubble is not just the usual white with black lettering like uh, Deadpool, for example, has like yellow. Like whenever you read this, that usually indicates that it doesn't there's not really a, a, that I know of a specific one to one, but it just means they sound weird. Basically, they sound like something's going on gravelly or whatever. So I think this kind of lends to the idea that this is just a new character. OK, that makes sense. Yeah. And also, um, I think, yeah, the font is different for her, yep. um, her bubbles as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I guess not too much more going on there. No. Death Stick's just like, let's do it. We know Death Stick works for uh, Crimson Dawn as well. There's, they're assembling this really kind of colorful cadre of Crimson Dawn associates. I, I, I wish I could find another C word there to get my alliteration going, but that three. Uh, cadre? Yes. The colorful cadre of Crimson Dawn there you go. killers. I don't know, I killers, yeah. In there. With a C. Yeah. <laughs> Artsy. Um, yeah, that's it. So was, uh, what are we on to next? Was it uh, Vader or Star Wars? Um, Vader. Vader. So again, yeah, now for something in completely different. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so uh, I think that's our second um, Monty uh, Python. Monty Python it is. Yep. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Watch for a secret third one. Uh, so Darth Vader number 15. 
uh, War of the Bounty Hunters, The Assassin's Choice by Pack, Inyanko, Keith, Karamanga, Cutter, and Izanov. Uh, meanwhile, what's Ochi of Bastoon up to? <laughs> that's the whole that's the whole thing. It's like, you know who we haven't had a POV from in a while? <laughs> yep. Ochi of Bastoon. Or as uh was uh autocorrected for Charles Sewell, uh Ochi of Boston. Boston, yeah. <laughs> he says He's like, that just autocorrected. And then he's like, and I realized that might have been a much different story, yeah. uh, which I, I assume he meant that um, Ochi of Bastion would have been one of the leaders in business, healthcare, uh, yeah. law, tech, yeah, biotech, yep, engineering. That's probably yeah. what he means. Certainly yeah, not a parliament smoking Dunkin' Donuts regular. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> um, yeah. So. A pretty fun story with Ochi and, and he's yeah. going through one of like typical hanging out with Vader trials, right? <laughs> That's the thing, right? Like this is um this is a uh, poop rolling downhill. Yes. Right. Like 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 so I feel like this is the issue of, of Vader getting catharsis for all the times the Emperor in the past fifty issues of his comics have just has just thrown him into just a horrible trial. Like this is like a you know what? I'm sick of this Ochi, now it's your turn. Like, I'm just going to kick you, yeah. literally kick you off a spaceship, and you can deal with this. Right. Um, yeah, but it's kind of great. So he's <laughs> like, yeah, you go deal with my problems. But Vader's, like, waiting in the wings, and it's kind of interesting. And o Ochi does his best, and then he runs into, sure enough, the Crimson Dot. Like, so he tests him, like, find out who's, you know, who are, is a... Uh, uh, what's his name? Baku, Boku, the the hut. Yeah, Boku, that I think. Yeah. Um, and you know, and find out like what's really his angle there, because I, I know he's working on the side. And sure enough, he finds uh, some really cool looking fighters with these awesome like um, uh, Star Lord masks and purple capes uh, that are the Crimson Dawn, and they try to recruit OG Bastoon. Yeah. Um, which is a bold move. Uh, not a bad idea uh, for them, but uh, sure enough, Ochi picks the right side, and it's a good thing he did because Vader was watching. Yeah, and Ochi then, is very much where Afra was, yeah, like fifty issues ago. Yes, you're right. Like you're under like, the under thumb the of thumb. Vader. Yeah, and 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 too afraid to double cross him. Because I don't think Ochi actually buys in the Vader. He's just terrified of Vader. He just knows if he said yes to that, he'd be Sith meat in like right. an hour. One thing that he's not afraid to do, which not a lot of um, Vader hangers on <laughs> or peripheral people, is to play the Vader card. Yeah. He's like, like as soon as he's like almost down and out, he's like, well, you may want to rethink that because I'm working for Vader. And like he gets openly laughed at for saying that, which is kind of funny. Yeah. And then Vader shows up, but then Vader doesn't help. He and he's just like, no, figure it out. And it's a cool thing because Ochi's like, I give myself even odds to beating all ten of you. Yeah. Uh, and you know, he's like, maybe you should walk away. I, and I love the voice for Ochi Bastoon. He's a non-human. Yeah. Um, but there's a, his voice is very much like, well, it's almost like a a um, like a not Ryan Reynolds. Um, but like a um, a Death Watch sort of. I'm um, oh, sorry, Death Watch. No, why why can't I do this? 
Death, a Deadpool sort of Death, Deadpool sort of a little bit very cocky, right? Self assured, very, very yeah. like yeah. He totally Ed Starkey, yeah, totally. And 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 what I think is interesting is that in that scene where you're talking about where he confronts the uh, Crimson Dawn people, Cadre, um, he says like I I have a I think I can take you, and she says sure, maybe you could kill a dozen of us, but could you take a hundred? A thousand, right? Like I think we're starting okay. to see the depth at which Crimson Dawn has spent the last uh, what twenty years at this point, or ten yeah. years, Recruiting. weaving its way into everything. Like I think that's what we're gonna find out is that they've got people working everywhere. Yeah, it's just pretty fascinating that there's gonna be this huge like Crimson Dawn bubble that happens between Empire and um, and Return of the Jedi, and like. I wonder if it's going to carry on after, you know, into the Mandoverse sort of era, into the New yeah. Republic era. Wouldn't be surprised. We'll see. Um, one little factoid I want to interject here. It's not going to line up well, but um, it, the sixth kin is when Delphus is the spider woman we were talking about. Okay. Sixth kin. Uh, I and it's the that. sixth kin. And I don't All actually right. know if they're not one of the two powers that are doing no, it. No, but they are a power. They're not one they of the big ones, but power. they're like second tier maybe. Yeah. yeah. And they are, they yeah, are yeah. just Lucky's people. Um, yeah, that's right. And also Gallon, I guess it was there. You had to clear that up. It, but it just really confuses me more because it's not the whispering wood or the unbroken clan. Um, and whispering root is not it. I'm just saying wrong things on purpose now. <laughs> the whining alpacas. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, um, but it, he fights his way through. He lives and is kind of in the doghouse with Vader. But um, but then at the end, Vader's, you know, he, he OG doesn't lie. He speaks nope. the truth and he's like, listen, I'll be faithful to you as long as you're the most powerful person in the world. Yep. And he's like, well, he's like, you're right there. And yeah. um, then they fight off another hundred or so Crimson Dawn. Yeah, it's just it's so interesting with what little time we see him in Rise of Skywalker. The little backstory again for which you have a student of like, there's a time he's just palling around with Darth Vader, which I mean, makes sense. He's a yeah. Sith assassin, but it's just kind of funny. It's just I love when they do those things. It's just like this guy yeah. you see for three seconds in that movie and you see his corpse. <laughs> like right like, yeah it's weird that this guy out of all this cockiness gets killed by a sand serpent yeah sand serpent like he you know he gets defeated by like a sinkhole um you know yeah. he's probably long in the tooth at that point that's but, true uh, yeah. that's true yeah but it is it is sort of an ignominious end for yeah. coaching for sure uh, all right where are we off to next uh we're gonna go to the actual war of the bounty hunters run and this is where things get a little more complicated because it is designed to overlap all of the already yep. overlapping storylines. Yeah, we'll get um, to the duel that we've been hinting about. So, yeah, you want me to do this one? Yeah, lead it in. War of the Bounty Hunters Part 3, The Crimson Blade by Sewell, Ross, Messina, Menon, Guru EFX, Landham, McNevin, and Diarmada. Uh, as Jabba and Vader negotiate over Han Solo, Chewbacca and Boba Fett battle it out. These two discourses culminate in an epic battle between Kira and Vader, and the later demonstrated, uh, and the latter demonstrating the true power of a Dark Lord of the Sith. Yes, um, we get a lot of our main run Star Wars people yeah. here at the beginning. It starts with them, 
and we get oh man poor grant he's missing i know grant's <laughs> been talking about this episode for like three weeks like since yeah. it came out he's been teasing us with this he read it before any of us that's why i texted him like do you want us to save anything for you <laughs> i'm sure he'll chime in um mm-hmm. it arrives either tonight or next week but uh yeah so we get a fight between Chewbacca and Boba Fett, which yeah. is, I mean, that is a main event, top billing, top of the card fight in Star Wars. Yeah. He even like Boba flexes and shows off the Wookiee pelts that he's got, like the Wookiee braids he has yeah. on his gear, which is like, that's fighting words right there. Uh-huh. Um, and, but ultimately, and this is maybe another homage to Star Wars Battlefront, uh, Chewbacca is defeated by the flamethrower. When you're yep. made of hair, you don't want to be messing around. It's true. A lot. It's very true. Uh, but he almost got the best of, of Boba until that happened, and then it was sort of a draw. Um, but a good a good battle nonetheless. Um, we also get uh, Jabba and uh, Darth Vader interacting. Yeah. That's I mean, a- before we go there, just, okay, just sure. so I mean, I'm, I'm sure Grant will say it, but I will just. Grant's been texting us the line, beat his ass, Chewbacca. Yeah. Okay. For like three weeks, which is the Lando line. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the perfect line. So anyway, yeah. couldn't get beat through his ass, Chewbacca. <laughs> yeah. Classic Lando line. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of good Lando in here, too. I mean, yeah. this is why I love the comics because you get more Lando. Yeah. Like, it, it's, yeah, totally. And we also get the point where we'll, we'll, we'll jump ahead for a second, but like, I, I, you know, I know that Lando is Lando and Lando is in Solo and Lando was around when Kira was around. But I kind of forget about it sometimes because it's such like the Han and Kira story in that in that movie. So it's a moment of, of he's just like, yeah, that's Kira. Like I knew her like, you know, and yeah. they have a history and they probably have a pretty long history. Right. Like we know that even before the movie Solo that Kira and, and Lando interacted. Yeah, that's true. Right. He's been there in, in, but yet Lando knows to stay in the shadows here. I mean, they, they yeah. are on like a, it's the rebellion was not invited to this point. New. So, yeah. Um, it's interesting they're doing it, but uh, it's a good Boba story. I mean, we're going to be getting a lot more of him, obviously, but, uh, you know, he straight up disarms uh, Leia and then gives her her blaster back, which is like serious power move. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and Leia is a force to be reckoned with. And she doesn't get taken by, like, you know, that. But Boba's on a mission right here. He's got his his reputation on the line, so he's fighting. He, he's, I mean, really, you could say in War of the Bounty Hunters, Boba is your main protagonist. Like, he's the guy yep. that's, that we're, we're following his story. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Jabba thinks he won, won the, um, the auction. Vader's like, oh, hell no. And um, and then we finally get the confrontation between Vader and Kira, which is amazing. Yeah. And uh, Kira busts out her Terracasi. Yeah. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I am. I that was like I clapped in the theater when we saw Solo. Yeah. Like literally clapped in the theater. I was like the one person who got that reference. Who's like, I remember that really bad video game. Um Please explain that that reference for our listeners, just because it's a deep was, dive. I didn't even. There know. was a video game for I think like PlayStation One called The Masters of Terracasa. Terracasi, um, and it's just a yeah, it's PlayStation One. I just want to verify. It's it's uh, like, it's, it's a fighting style. 
Right. It's like a Sith fighting style, though. Uh, unclear in the video game, but I think I, I, I mean, we can talk about it in a second, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's like, it was their fighting game, right? It was their Mortal yeah. Kombat, their <laughs> Virtua Fighter. It, it was not good. Uh, but I played the hell out of it, you know? Yeah. But it's like, you know, you can play as Mara Jade. You can play as like Luke Skywalker. Like who else? Boba Fett was in there. So it's just great. Like Gamorrean Guards, Mary J, Jodo Cost. It sounds like, like the most fun. Like if they made like a, you know, 2021 version of that, 2022 yes. version of that, like I, you know, like Mortal Kombat version, I would yes. play the heck out of that. That would be so fun. Now, one thing that we move on real quick, the, the, like the IGN score was four out of 10. Like that was the common grading for this. It, it, okay. it was clunky. It was buggy. It, Unless you're like a true Star Wars fan, there's no reason to play this video game. <laughs> exactly. But that yeah. was kind of like what yeah. LucasArts games was back then. It like didn't yeah. matter. It was like, wait, Star Wars, great a minute, you know. And and that stuff, the, the Terrace Cost stuff would, would pop up in or Terrace Cossi. It's one of those things that I've just never said out loud. Like I've never had yeah. to say that out loud until <laughs> yeah. like that moment in that in the in solo. But you know, it would pop up in so much of the old EU stuff. And like I remember it popping up in the Star Wars Galaxy multi on on like on player like online game and things like that. So that's why it was like a big thing for me. And yeah. if I never heard it again in Star Wars, I would have been fine. <laughs> it's not something where I'm like, I can't believe they got rid of that. But like to hear yeah. it just mentioned one off in that, and then to bring it back around again. There's no reason you ever have to mention it a second yeah. time, but they are. And and oh, I and appreciate it's it. a huge meta beat in this comic. Yeah. Vader's yeah. like, I recognize the lineage of your fighting style. And well, let me ask you about that line. Okay. Because I that can be interpreted in a couple of ways. Yep. One is we know she knows Terrace Kasi prior to meeting um Maul. Maul because that's referenced in Solo. Solo, yeah. So is she, is Vader referring to her Terrace Kasi or is or is he referring to her dueling style? Because that's a different thing. Like dueling is a little different. Like Terrace Costa is more of a martial art and it's not really a dueling style. And I, and, and that's, I read it as he sees Maul, Maul. or does he see, uh, not even Maul. Does he see his master's fighting style? Right. Because oh. who trained Maul? I mean, right. it had to have been Palpatine. Palpatine. Sidious. Yeah. Darth yeah. Sidious. I, I think the answer is both. Yeah. I think it's a wink and a nod to the super fans. But for those that don't get that reference, they'll be like, oh, it must mean Maul, you know, right. that I've seen Solo. Um, uh, I wonder if um, Casual Jason's seen Solo yet. That's I would hope question. he'd reach out to us if he, when he has. I, I think he will when he does. We should just you know. go visit him with that. and be He'll like, just guess show what, up. Guess what's like, happening. By the way, movie night. Gosh, actually, we should check in on him. Poor New Jersey just got smashed. But Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Eesh. I hope he's yeah. well. Um, but um, yes, assuming his living room isn't swamped, we should go watch Solo with him. Um, but the, yeah, um, I, yeah, I think it's both. And I, and I think maybe, I mean, even though v, Vader's understanding of Maul, like they never crossed paths. Right, right. Yeah, so it was actually they were very careful about not because they were alive during the same time for a very large portion, but it was always Obi-Wan. It was never Anakin. Anakin was never with Obi-Wan 
when right. everyone was dealing with mall issues. Well, no, the only time they interacted was uh, Anakin Duck when they're running back. <laughs> when they're running back. Right. Okay. That was so he time. he has he saw Maul twice, but for like three seconds, right? Three yeah. seconds then, and then like probably from the probably from the the uh, the cockpit that he was hiding in in the hangar bay. Right. But never, that's not enough. That's not right? enough to do it. But it was never like he never dealt with spider legs, Maul. No. Um, but but Ahsoka had extensive interactions with him, and so did Obi Wan. Yeah. It's just sort of interesting how they actually sort of separated Never. that. But it's still, true. I mean, if we think that Vader knows a lot of what Sidious knows, then um, in Sidious trained Maul, then there might be something there. Yeah. But I think it's, I think it's a nod to both things. I do too, and it, it was a great line. It, it really, yeah. It, it like you know sometimes when you're reading comics, you're saying like da, 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 read, 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 and then that really bumped me out of it for a second, where I had to go back and be like, oh, that's a great line, and I know Grant had pointed to that line as well, but it is such a good. No, uh, this was a standout comic. There was a lot of epic, epic metal moments um, in this one, um, and it's the end. The illustration of Kira is just breathtaking. It's like almost. Um, as beautiful as the live action actress, like it's, it's like she's stunning, and it's like they really captured that sort of classic beauty. Yeah, um, with her character, it's like it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It really and, is. Yeah, um, it's it's a great drawing of her. Yeah, yeah, and then like her fighting style. Yeah, it's dead on. It's a perfect illustration. Um, and she's ripped, and um, yeah, it has these really cool like batons with like guards, and she really thought she was gonna win that fight. And yeah. she, she held and her own and then did pretty Vader, well until yeah. yeah. Then Vader got annoyed and then just like blew up the room and was like, yeah, I mean that he just, he was just as every, every time we ever see Vader fight, what you realize at the end is, Oh, he was just toying with that person. Yeah. Like, like it, he was never in any danger. It was just the only time we ever see him in any danger as Vader is with Luke. Right. And, and that's, I think because of the emotions more than anything. I, I, I not know, you know, I actually, I guess we do see him in danger in, in Jedi, obviously, because he loses his hand, but that's right. You know, that's because of the dark side. But like, I, you know, I, so at that point where it's, I, I'm like, Oh, it's kind of interesting to me that she's holding her own. I like it. It's good fighting style. And then he just force pushes everyone. <laughs> and you realize, yeah. Oh no, he was just, he just letting her. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, Bleh! and she, then she realizes she's overmatched. There's another interesting panel here where Boba Fett had uh, Vader's yeah. helmet in his crosshairs and was going to use his EE3 blaster to to just snipe <laughs> Vader's head. Yep. And then there's a flashback to the uh, Empire Strikes Back <laughs> dinner scene where yep. he catches a blaster, deflects a bastard blaster bolt with his hand, and he's like, nope, not going to risk it. Blast it. Yep, not going to do it. Yeah. Yep. It it's one of those the, things. It's like, how do you how do you stab the devil in the back? Like you just right. you don't do it. What if you miss? And yeah. uh, and so there's that moment that happens. And then we but, get simultaneously the least cliffhanger, cliffhanger, cliffhangery cliffhanger I've ever seen, but also pretty good. Like like literally, Vader is is talking with Luke, which again is awesome that there's something between, I don't know if they're actually going to interact more than this. We'll, we'll find out, but 
we do get them actually talking to each other through the force again, as we saw yeah. at the end of Empire. Right. And Vader basically saying, you need to come here or else I'm going to destroy Han. And so, like, obviously, we know he doesn't chop Han in half or else it'd be a very different beginning to right. Empire to Return of the Jedi. But still really tense with him talking with Luke. Yeah, I mean, very. And you're like, OK, where is this going to go? Exactly. I do want to flash back one panel. Yeah. So after he um, he uses the force to just like clear the room with the force push in 360 degrees, um, there's an image, there's a panel of Kira getting blasted back and she falls into Han Solo's arms. But it's, oh, like, yeah. it's like his carbonite arms, but it's like she's falling into his arms. And it's oh, like, that's a good call. I didn't even, I, I caught it, but I didn't catch the significance. That's really funny. Yeah, yeah it's just great. kind of. It, it's a, a beautiful little like nuanced thing that they did. And it was, um, I just thought it was kind of great and heartbreaking and beautiful and, and wonderful. But yeah, so it, it sort of ends there and, and Luke is like, okay. And somehow like Vader's really in, in Luke's head. So why don't we, why don't we get on to star Wars? Cause there's a lot of Luke and Vader in that. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, uh, star Wars number 16, war of the bounty hunters missing in action. By Sewell, Rosanas, Rosenberg, Cowles, uh, Pagliana, Paz, and Pareto. And all right, so as Vader and Kira face off, Luke makes his way to Jerica. Uh, uh, yeah, Jerica, revealing and <sighs> reliving and reimagining his fateful duel with his father on Cloud City. Yeah, I mean, so. I know you're expecting perfect, expecting longer one. <laughs> No, 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 no. It's fine. It's and and that's actually a perfect rehash of it because this is actually some of the stuff. Again, Grant will invoke his name again because I know he loves this stuff. He loves yeah. the sort of reimagining the classic scenes and yeah. And so, uh, you know, Luke in this issue is dealing with how bad he got his butt kicked by Vader. Yeah. And and also that he's his father, but I mean they've sort of turned the page on the fact that father's son thing, and like Vader's ready to kill Luke, and Luke's ready to kill Vader. It yeah. Seems. Um, but Luke is just like I am completely overmatched, and he says he's having trouble. Um, he can't talk to Ben, and he's having trouble even touching the Force because of fear. Because yeah. he's like he's afraid. Yeah. Um, terrified. Yeah. Which makes which makes sense, and so. He's doing that thing, and I actually just learned the word last week. It, there's a word for it where you go through, like, conversations in your mind. Mm. You know, it's like um, imagining a conversation play out in your yeah. mind. Yeah. Oh, we've all done that. We all do it a ton. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, hope, yeah. I don't know. I hope I'm not the only one, you know. but No, no. I had a I had a possible confrontation that I was going to have with someone. It didn't end up happening, but I spent, like, hours just in my head going, well, if they say this, I'll say this. And if they say that, they, I'll say this. And then and yeah. it just didn't happen. I'm like, ah, oh, but I practiced. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's actually you kind of a really bad thing to do because you're it projecting is, yeah. and you're already yep. creating confrontations that don't exist. But yep, exactly. Yes, but I, I, I do it I all the time. I came in confrontational, right? Because yeah. and luckily it didn't turn into it, but I expected it to happen that way as opposed to coming in open to it and trying well, to like go with it. But we also do it on the other end too, which is like I've done this a million times, reimagining conversations. Oh, what if I had said this or what if I had done that or, you know. Right, in, in hindsight, and that's probably why we do it. Okay. Yeah. The fr free... Um, Free psychological insight there for all yeah. of us. Uh, but yeah, so he's imagining, he's trying to reimagine this conflict with Vader going another way. And every time he does, he gets killed. <laughs> yeah. Like it, In his it, own it mind. It ends up worse than it ended up for him here. But what's also really fascinating 
And I'd love to get your thought on kind of like what's going on here is that he is reimagining the duel on Cloud City. So he's yeah. thinking back. He's not thinking like next time I, I meet Vader. He's thinking back to his confrontation. Yet he has the yellow lightsaber. Yes, that was so cool. And no, but did you notice that he had a fast forward moment? He imagines the duel that he does have with Vader in return, but he's holding the yellow lightsaber. Oh, right. Yeah, because of that. And that there's that one quick scene. Yeah. Yeah. That's on it's, the, and it's it, it has the classic line. It's like, um, yeah, but you are not a Jedi yet. You're not a Jedi yet. I didn't catch that. Yeah, the significance. That's super fascinating. Yeah, that's so a Force vision. It's like a force that's not a Force forward. vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so things are working there, but um, doing some interesting stuff. But again, he still has the old lightsaber. So his even his Force vision, he didn't see the yeah. fact that he constructed his own lightsaber, which is a major path oh. along the Jedi. And also the yeah. one like story I'm most interested in in this I, whole like yeah. like Star Wars series like that's yeah. that's going to be the highlight for me is he constructing his green lightsaber. Where does the crystal come from? Why does he come up with it? How does he lose the yellow one? What happens to the yellow one? Where did what's the history of the yellow lightsaber? Like more lightsaber storylines, please. So I think I figured this out. Not that there's necessarily something to figure out, but because we see Luke with the yellow lightsaber and the outfit he's kind of been using now, I think, and in, in stuff. But he's, he has the yellow lightsaber, which is Luke current, right? So he's picturing yeah. his current self in that confrontation. And I think what yeah. he's doing is picturing current Vader in that confrontation. Because yeah. Vader's at a point where he is full Sith, full dark side. So he's he's that's why he keeps getting killed. Because if Vader and Luke met at this moment, in time, right. I truly believe Vader would have killed Luke. Would Vader. kill Luke. Oh, yes, absolutely. So I think that's what's going on. I think he's just he's just he's seeing both of them if they were to meet now, what the outcome would be. So I think these aren't necessarily they are flashing back, but I think he's having force visions and not realizing it. So there's there's a dark side fighting style, and I think it's called like Doom Mock or something. Mm. It's like an oddly German word. <laughs> uh, terminology but in and what it is is it's essentially talking trash it's mm. like putting dark thoughts into your foe's mind to to weaken them and make them scared and it usually happens in lightsaber combat but if they're having this sort of mental conversation yeah um you know force conversation together that would be ripe for vader to implant this fear and just like embed these these bad thoughts in his head so i was wondering if like yeah maybe that's what what's going on there yeah totally could be and that makes sense that'd be a dark side power right yeah yeah that, that's like part of it but it's it's one of their fighting styles and i really need to you know i read the path of the jedi and, it, and it's actually very illuminating and i think they're um, you know, Lucasfilm is going to really put their arms around that doctrine as, you know, in the higher public and, and all the, the things going forward. Yeah. Um, but there's also a Sith version of that, too. And now I think I really need to read that because I bet there's as many nuggets in there. And I bet they talk about that fighting style. Totally. Yeah, that would make sense. I got to read those, too. I, I, I don't know if I've ever read them, to be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, so, they're not technically canon, but they're, you know, they're pretty tiny little hard book, hardbacks. Yeah. But, it sounds like they're borrowing extensively from them to talk about where everything's going. So we could talk about, you know, I don't want to necessarily go to the nitty gritty, but, but at the very end we get to, or almost at the end, we get to the end of the war of the bounty hunters. Right. So we get this mental conversation between Vader and Luke 
this time more from Luke's perspective, or at least yeah. a little more with Luke. And Luke ima- imagines the confrontation on the gantry, right? That we get at the end of Empire. Yeah. Loses his hand. And then we get the last line from War of the Bounty Hunters, which is, I will cut your friend in half. Right. And the next thing we see is Luke falling down Go. the shaft. Yeah. What's that? Bisected. Oh, yeah. Bisected, <laughs> right? yeah. No, yeah. so in that one, there you see it like he takes his arm off and then there's a panel. Oh, yeah, you're right. He does just sort of I thought there was one. Frame where he does sort of well, you see him sort of. Uh, the hands off. Oh, all right. I guess I looked at that hand cutting off thing as sort of he bites. He cut him in half and got his hand. And he was something like, oh, my hand. And then he was like, oh, wait, no, I'm cut in half. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's something there. That's weird because he has both hands when he's bisected <laughs> in the things. I okay. don't know what's going on there. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's a series because it's like he's it's that's not the first time he's imagined himself losing to Vader. Yeah. There's another one where it's like he's like he takes Vader's hand, but Vader grabs Luke's hand and, and impales Luke with. Right. His own lightsaber. Yeah. So I, I think it's like he's just imagining a series like every way he imagines it. He loses to Vader. He is. I but again, I think it's very, very meaningful that all these he has the yellow lightsaber, right? Like the, in, this, yeah. in these flashbacks and or flash forwards or flash sideways or whatever. And and. You know, it's interesting because the end of War of the Bounty Hunters 3 ends on that cliffhanger of what's Luke going to do. But yeah. we find out what Luke's going to do. We find out. This, yeah. this That's comic. why I wanted to save this one for last. Yeah, absolutely. What, what does he do, Adam? He runs. He, he <laughs> straight up tells Leia, run away. Um, run I know, away. Leia. I know. I'm so sorry. I can't. I can't. I'm not ready to face him. And he's not wrong. Like I, <laughs> That was the third um, Monty Python reference. Yeah, there you go. Away. Yep. Well done. <laughs> um, all good Monty Python references coming through. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was. And I don't know. I didn't catch that the first time through. And then this yeah. time I was like, it's a really fun panel where it's just like his X-Wing just like, nope. It's yep. like, going away. It's like, I'm done. Bye. It's not. It's so funny because it's not quite as bad as I was. First time I read it, I thought you see him jump to hyperspace, but it's not quite that bad. <laughs> so he still no. has a chance to to turn back around, maybe. But like, I, you know, I the force is telling him to get the F out of there. Yeah, he's like, this is not going to end in any good. I mean, it doesn't do the rebellion any good if he gets himself killed. I mean, and even if it costs Han his life, I mean, pretty heavy stuff. But yeah, yeah, he's listening to the forces. Forces telling him, you know, you're you're not ready at this point. And and I mean, this is where I think this is going to. We talked about this several weeks ago, but like this flavor of Vader is not one that we see in Return of the Jedi. I really think we're going to see a much more vulnerable Vader I mean, we, I think we do see a much more vulnerable Vader in Return of the Jedi. Absolutely. You know, it's, they're calling each other father and son, and he's like, it's too late for me. But, you know, you can tell he's he's, he's not, not there yet. Like, yeah, like right now, Vader is in full afraid of Sidious mode. He's like full, like, I need to be more powerful in order to survive. Yeah. You know, if it means killing my own son, no problem. I got to do that. I've got to like, he realizes the gap in abilities between Sidious and himself, and he's trying to close it. Um, no matter what it takes. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's going to change. I, yo, I agree. I think, I think we see that we're going to see that journey in the comics a little bit. And, and, you know, <laughs> you know, maybe not be the bravest moment we see of Luke, 
But at the same time, it's not like so Luke knows if I go, he's gonna kill me. And if he's gonna kill his own son, is he going to be like, okay, well now that I've done that, I'm gonna let you take Han Solo alive. And by the way, Princess, you can go free true too. No, he's right. going yeah. to kill every okay. rebel that he sees. Yeah, because that's what yeah. he does. And I mean, it is a sometimes um yeah, discretion is the better part of valor. Yes. Yeah. And I don't know if he's just running away forever. I don't know if he has a plan. You know, hopefully he has a quick plan of like, I'm going to go get someone. Yeah, it's I mean, kind of funny did. how that works. I mean, he calls Vader. Yeah. yeah. And like, what does Vader honestly care? He doesn't care about um, Han. He just wanted Han as a way to get to yeah. Luke. But I mean, if he was really serious about that, he would kill Han. It's true. You know, it's like punishment and be like, you see what happens, you know, yeah. and you cross me or whatever to draw yeah. him back in, I guess. But. I don't know. It's a really good cliffhanger because, like, again, we know he does not chop Han in half. Right. But it's hard for me to figure out why not. Like, like something has to happen. Do we get a right. Leia jump in? I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, actually, that was my first thought was Leia. Was yeah. like she would be she's, you know, because that's very Leia's personality. It's like, well, if I you can't trust Luke, I've got to do this myself. And she gets involved. But my second thought would be Boba does something. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's his series, right? So it makes sense. Yeah. And I mean, maybe like Boba will convince him, hey, give me Han and it'll help me get closer to the Huts, et cetera, et cetera. And, and right. For a long con sort of affair. I mean, that that's a good point, right? Like the, his, Han's usefulness is ended now <laughs> for Vader. Yeah. Because he tried that bluff and it didn't work or not mm -hmm. even bluff. But like, so maybe if so, maybe if keeping Han alive is more beneficial and that would make sense that that yeah. Boba can make it more beneficial. Oh, for... that's a good point. He's like, give it to me. We'll do that. It's like, keep the bait alive. You know, he's going to come for him eventually as long as he's alive. Yeah. So as you know, wherever Han is, Luke will never be far. And then he can sort of chase him down. That's probably yeah. how that'll go. Well, we figured it out. That's great. There we go. We 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 figured out how this whole series ends. <laughs> Perfect. Um, I'm gonna call it. That was yeah. a, a great. That was run. a lot of comics. That was a lot of comics we talked about. It was a lot of storytelling between uh, two different eras, um, but a lot of fun. They're doing such yeah. a great job with these. Um, no idea what we're gonna do next week, but it'll be awesome. Whenever I, I, we well, oh, wait, I, next week's 200. I was gonna say. I think we. Yeah. I mean, we we better have some idea. It's it's a yeah. milestone episode. Okay, so we do have a couple ideas in the hopper for what we're going to yeah. do. It's going to be our 200th episode next week. Yeah. Um, Don't worry, it won't be a clip show. Yeah, it's not going to be a clip show. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but we might do something self-indulgent. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be fun. Something a little special. You know, don't expect us to come in and do our regular coverage. We'll probably focus yeah. on something that's near and dear to all of us. Indeed, yeah. Something very Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, right at the core of everything we love about star wars so um please join us for that next week uh it's going to be a great time and um yeah, hopefully we'll be in person next week that would be that we yeah. should we should ring yeah. in 200 uh properly i agree i agree um great but um thanks everyone for joining us this week uh on core world news getting all your your comics uh caught up on um and we'll talk to you next week we're looking forward to it and uh as always may the force be with you this is Grex Kondak signing off. For the latest breaking news, follow at Core World News on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you and good night. Remember, the Force will be with you always.